Dr. Todd Watson, your host with the uh, Arbor Pod interview series, and I'm here with Dr. Julian Dunster. Uh, Dr. Dunster is the owner of Dunster & Associates Environmental Consultants, and uh, he's done risk assessments all over the world, and uh, he's currently stationed in British Columbia in Canada, so welcome. Right. We, um, the title here is Understanding Risk, Principles and Practice, and so Dr. Dunster, what are some of the basic principles about risk that are important to know? I think the, the, the key thing is to understand the terms and what they mean and the implication of the terms. And most people don't do that well. So to understand the difference between the word hazard and the word risk, to understand the meaning of uncertainty, probability, to understand subjectivity and objectivity, all these things are really key points in a risk assessment and a good risk assessor really needs to know the implications of all those words and how they all fit together. So how do those, those basic principles, how do they impact the practice of a bore culture? I mean, how do we put them into practice? Well, we've had an evolving level of awareness about risk. Um, we used to call it hazardry assessment, and as our awareness of risk issues in other areas of endeavor have developed, I think arboriculture has come to realize that hazardry assessment is the wrong, wrong phrase. It's the wrong word. What we're really talking about is assessing risk, and an evolving level of awareness is now upon us, and we've got increasingly more people wanting to know about risk assessment and how it fits together. That's why we invented the risk assessment program in the Pacific Northwest chapter. And that's why I think, you know, a whole understanding of risk assessment in arboriculture is in a state of flux. But it's evolving to a level of sophistication which other areas of expertise have had for quite some time, such as engineering and medicine. Well, one thing is I'm, I'm glad to hear a fellow arbor say a boar culture, although it sounds better when you say it with an accent, but somebody else that says a boar culture. Um, talking about these, uh, uh, about risk and why it's so important and all the new things that we're seeing, um, uh, techniques and tools for assessing risk, um, what are some of those tools and techniques that an arborist can use to improve the quality of risk assessment? Well, I think the most fundamental tool and technique that the arborist needs to do is to understand the principles involved in risk assessment and really understand the language and the meaning of that. And then really need to have a, an excellent grasp on biology and mechanics. So the biomechanical implications of tree, how to read the body languages of tree, how to interpret all of that, that's really crucial. You've got to have the basic techniques of visual tree assessment really firmly established and and uh, be able to apply them in a range of different situations. That's, that's the basic start. And if you don't have that, then it's pretty hard to, to go on to anything else. You can go then to a much more sophisticated level of assessment using all sorts of different techniques and tools, uh, resistance drilling, sonic tomography. We're now getting into radar imaging, thermal imaging. All these techniques are, are coming online and that's very sophisticated, but ultimately the sophisticated instrumentation still means you have to make a decision about whether or not the risk is acceptable or not. And to make that decision, you still need to have a really good 
understanding of the basics of biomechanics. So I guess the most important tool is your brain, right? The, yeah, that's right. Your experience, your knowledge, understanding, observations. Yeah. Um, how can an arborist, well, when we're looking at this, talking about risk assessments, how does a risk manager, if that's an arborist, a client, or, or whoever, how does a risk manager use the information from a risk assessment? Well, there's certainly two different things. The assessment informs the management. And so really the manager is looking for detail about what's the condition of the resource, which is all the trees, say, in an urban forest. What's the condition of that right now? What's the predicted change in the condition? Where should the risk manager focus his or her resources effectively to deal with risk issues? And so the assessment informs the management of the resource. And that's really why risk assessment is so important, because if you don't have a good risk assessment baseline, then you're managing by guesswork. And managing by guesswork is risky in the sense that it could lead to all sorts of liability problems later on. So how does this risk assessment baseline, or maybe it's a threshold, um, how how would that affect decision-making? Well, it depends on how you assess the risk. Um, out in the PNW chapter, we use a modified U.S. Forest Service rating scheme. And we've modified that to prescribe action thresholds specifically for the manager. So the assessor will look at the tree and go through the assessment process and rank or rate the trees for level of risk. And if you have a 12-point tree, we call that extreme. And so that will give the risk manager um, a pretty good insight as to where, to where to work, first of all. And then we come down in various risk categories. So the risk manager has some sense of problems to deal with in the immediate future and then problems that are emerging. So later on, perhaps in a five-year period, here are some of the areas where there's more funds going to be needed to deal with some of the evolving issues. And when an arborist does a risk assessment, how should they communicate risk to the client? They should communicate it uh, clearly, without bias. It's not the assessor's job to worry about what the manager wants. The assessor's job is just to deal with the facts and the technical issues. And the assessor's job is to write that report clearly, without any ambiguity. Here are the facts as I see them. Here are the data. Here's how I've arrived at my conclusions. Here's my recommendations about what to do with these risks. And in some cases, the assessor might say, you've got a high-risk tree, what we would call perhaps an 11-point tree, and here are the options. You can take it down and eliminate the risk. Perhaps you can remove some of the end weight, or you can cable, prune, brace, bolt, whatever it is. Maybe you can move the target. Maybe you can do all of those things. And if you do that, then the level of risk associated with any one tree is going to come down to a more acceptable level. And all of that has to be explicitly written in the report, and then it's up to the manager to decide how to act on that. Well, dealing with trees is risky business, um, and it scares a lot of arborists sometimes. How, how could an arborist, or how should an arborist protect themselves from liability? Well, the, we have what's called a standard of care in legal terms, and risk assessment in arboriculture is evolving, I think, pretty rapidly. 
and we've had hazard tree assessment programs in the past. Um, now we've got a, a certified tree risk assessment program, at least in, in the Pacific Northwest chapter, and ultimately ISA will, will have that qualification of some sort in the coming years. And as that standard of care evolves, then an arborist wanting to do risk assessments is going to have to, to meet that standard of care, which means a higher level of training. So I think in the next few years, you'll see the case where certified arborists will be considered insufficiently qualified to do risk assessments. They will have to meet the new standard of care, which will mean they'll have to go through a much more detailed, intensive level of training. And once they've done that, they'll have more knowledge and more competence to do risk assessments. Do you think um, we should see some types of regulation? I'm not sure what those would be or some standard certification, those kind of things for people that are specialized in risk assessments? Well, we already have that in the Pacific Northwest chapter, and that was designed in response to a tree fatality in British Columbia. And the safety organization, WorkSafe BC, sponsored that program specifically to raise the standard of care about risk assessment of trees. Now that we've got that in the PNW, we've now got Washington State accepting that. And, uh, as of right now, we've got over 500 certified tree risk assessors. Um, we've just got 25 qualified in Hong Kong. And so I think, yeah, that, that level of qualification is becoming a, a standard which we will just see more and more people taking to get up to speed. At what point does an arborist just say, you know, this is beyond my capabilities, or, or who should they call? How, you know, when they get into a situation that they don't feel comfortable uh, dealing with, uh, with certain trees, what are, what are options for an arborist? Well, I, I think, you know, we all love to think that we know everything there is to know and that we're competent in all fields. One of the hardest challenges for any field is to recognize the, recognize the limits of what you don't know and to acknowledge that. And my guess is that you know, some arborists are doing some of this work really outside their level of competence. Other people are very good at it and are very competent. How you define where that is, well, ultimately you define it by testing the skill. And you know, if people go through a course and they take an exam and they can't pass the exam, then that's one way of saying, okay, you're not qualified or competent enough to be doing this work. Until that requirement for that exam becomes a, a standard, then you're always going to find people who are doing it on their own training and their own abilities, and some of them will be good, some of them won't be. So working in Arbor Skill, I mean, our, our understanding and knowledge of risk assessment and our techniques are evolving rapidly. Um, working in Arbor Skill to find out more information and to uh, stay educated on on tree hazards and risk assessment? Well, there's lots of literature. Um, it's spread all over the world at this point. There's a lot of research going on in Germany. There's different techniques available in the United, uh, United Kingdom. Um, I think in North America, as I say, we've got evolving awareness. We're moving away from hazard tree assessment to risk assessment. That literature is still fairly sparse. Um, you know, I, I guess I'd like to point to the Pacific Northwest Chapters course right now as probably one of the most comprehensive courses and, and a body of integrated literature 
which is available. You know, as that becomes more commonly used and as the ISA develops its own course, then I think you'll see more integrated literature being, being put together, which will make it easier for the arborists. Some of this literature is pretty esoteric right now. Um, it's not that easy to get copies of it. It's not that easy to find. Some of it's not that easy to understand. And so, you know, I think there's a, a lot of us working towards making that more standardized and more available to a lot more people. Very good. Well, thank you for uh, taking time to educate us a little bit about, uh, about risk assessments. And I uh, just want to uh, invite everybody to, uh, to stay tuned and come back for our next interview on the ArborPod.